And we are back for another episode of Who I Do. I'm Tania. And I'm Ashley. And today we have a lovely guest by the name of Jennifer. Um, Jennifer, did you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yes. Thank you, ladies, so much for having me on today. Um, my name is Jennifer Allen. I'm the owner of Just Elope. We are an elopement and pop-up wedding planning company based here in Dallas. Pre-COVID, married couples in other states. Right now, keeping it local to keep it safe. And we also offer premarital coaching. We sell relationship workbooks and wife gear. And we are truly a one-stop shop for couples looking to get married. Love it. Yes. And we are definitely in that stage where everybody is eloping. So I can't wait to talk about this. Yeah. Awesome. Well, before we get into the questions and the meat of it all, we're going to play a quick game of this or that. And for... Those that have been listening in the past few weeks, you've noticed that, you know, this is kind of our break from small talk and everything that's going on in the world right now. So it's a fun little wedding game that we play where it's literally, which one do you pick and why? So um, Jennifer, you will go first, but um, in terms of answering. So, all right, to kick it off, pompous grass or baby's breath? Mm, Baby's breath. Mm, why? I think that is, first of all, it's very accessible. In my opinion, just the aesthetics of it is a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it really just comes down to personal preference. Like, I just love baby's breath. I think that it can add so much so quickly. Like, you can just piece it into an arrangement or um, a the arch on a for the backdrop and it literally just brings it all together mm, it is very classic okay tania I'm gonna now, be a little... do you know what these two look like though yes yes <laughs> okay mm-hmm. just checking see, y'all see how she always does me <laughs> um so i'm gonna say pompous grass i know it's like kind of sort of like a new thing but i'm gonna say pompous grass okay mm-hmm how about you? Depends on what I'm feeling. I can go either or. Like pompous grass makes me think of like the 70s for some reason or like being just very kind of like free spirited, that type of wedding vibe. And baby's mm-hmm. breath to me feels more like, like we're saying, like very classic, like certain type of like kind of white, kind of like pristine kind of look. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just depends on like what I'm feeling at the moment. So I don't have one answer or the other. Um, so moving to the next one, a photo booth or a videographer? Oh, videographer, hands down. I think that picture capturing that still moment is great, but mm-hmm. having a photo booth definitely adds a fun piece to the wedding. Um, but being able to actually relive that moment through the video and the videographer catching things that the photographer may not have deemed to be that important, but because you were taking video and not having to focus in on one certain thing, so many elements can get picked up. So I choose video all day, every day. Love that. I agree with you hundred percent. I feel like the photo booth is more for the guests and the video, the video is more for the couple. Yes. You were going to say the same to me? Yeah. Um, just because 
at the last couple of weddings where there was a photo booth, like not too many people were actually, you know, going up to take pictures. Yeah. And I feel like that's a waste of money because I'm, I'm like, I'm all about, you know, making sure that you put your money towards, I guess that's something that's more practical. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say the videographer hands down as well. Okay. A true um, statement as far as the guest piece, because so my sister owns a photo booth company and when she first started her business, I included her basically in a number of our packages just as an add-in, as a freebie for the guests. I would um, just sur- surprise them and have her there because I didn't know if her availability would allow her to come. And I didn't want her turning down another job to come to us because, of course, we, since we were including her, what she was, what we were paying her was not her premium rate that she would charge someone else. And so I would always tell her, don't pass over a full paying gig for for us. But when she would come out, which was more often than not, because she was, again, just, just starting, it was almost like having to force people to say, you know, come over and come take a picture. And mm. I think that um, it definitely is something for the guests, but it wouldn't be my, I don't see myself starting a photo booth business. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> I will say at one point, my mom and I were like, Maybe we should go into a photo booth company. <laughs> now and it's what? like, mm, uh, nah, I think I'm good on that. <laughs> I think I'm good. Okay. One last uh, round. Okay. <laughs> so the Unity candle or the Unity sand thing? <laughs> I love the Unity sand. I think that mm-hmm. having, because it also serves as a like post-wedding piece that you can keep in your home versus the candle, you're going to light it, it's going to burn. It, it doesn't really have the same lasting effect, in my opinion, because it'll probably get put in a corner some, somewhere, but the Unity sand can actually be depending on the ones that you buy they have some really nice ones that you can get engraved and that sort of thing and they really look nice on your fireplace or just as a staple in your home versus the candle i like that it's a good answer yeah i never thought of it that way um i'm gonna go with the candles um just because i'm a candle fanatic however like now that you have said that i think i like the sand idea as well so (laughs) that's a good point yeah my fiance and i are still trying to figure out what we would do we've gone through like a thousand ideas none of them really feel like they are they fit us but at this point i'm kind of like do we have to make this entire thing extremely custom to us? Like, child, let's just do the sand so we can just move on. <laughs> just say we had that one element checked off. Uh-huh. We had a couple do something really, really cute. I've never seen them before. It was a heart. So basically it was three pieces and they put two pieces to, together and we put a piece in the middle as the officiant. Uh, and it came with like a whole script about what it meant um, and so it truly was a piece of artwork because it, it was metal. And so it was just, it was this formed heart that was held to, to together. I forget what the middle part meant, but it meant it represented something in the marriage. And so hmm. of course the two pieces were them. And then that middle piece represented, I, really, I don't really remember. So I don't want to say the wrong, the, the wrong thing, but um, I had never seen it before. It was, it was really nice. Hmm. Okay. That gives me an idea now. Yeah. 
What? What's your idea? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm not going to give it to the people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, all right. Well, we're done with the game. So, Tania? We are going to take a quick break. Hey, hey. Did you know that Ashley and I also own a teacher company by the name of Ann Love Co.? Well, if you didn't, let me tell you a little bit about us. We sell the realest bridal party tees around. So if you are in search of some bridal party apparel, please look us up on annloveco.com and annlovecotees on Instagram. We come out with new designs every so often, so please look us up. Again, that is A-N-D-L-O-V-E-C-O-T-E-E-S. Please buy something for yourself and your girls because you deserve it. We appreciate you and we love y'all. And we are back. Yay. (laughs) 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 now we're gonna get into talking to you all about your company what you do eloping eloping in a pandemic all of these things because i am sure our listeners are like look i got some decisions to make i gotta figure out how i'm gonna do this and honestly i i mean i'm not too sure if you've really seen too many like moments of representation as it relates to like black people eloping or if so it seems like we're we're doing this on a whim because of this like on tv back in the day if someone eloped it was because what they were pregnant or they were agree yeah so it was always kind of like that so i think when we think of eloping sometimes because we don't know too many people that have actually eloped there is a certain kind of like idea but a lot of it is clouded by ignorance because we just don't know um so hoping that you can definitely like dispel all of that and uh (laughs) make people more open to the idea so tania take it away all right so how and when did you get into the wedding planning business so i never wanted to be a wedding planner um Hmm. it just kind of was one of those decisions that life really threw at me so my husband and i we have been married for 10 years next month and we decided he, he proposed back in 2010 on a Thursday and he left for deployment that following Tuesday and we went to city hall and we got married. And the day that we got married at city hall, he left for deployment. Well, in those long few days that we were engaged, you know, such so as whirlwind, um, we were trying to find a company that could marry us so that we did not have to go to City Hall. I did not want to go to City Hall and get married. I just thought that was the tackiest uh, parking ticket, DUI-infested <laughs> place in the world. <laughs> I just did not want that to be our the start of our new chapter. I could not find a company in our area, so here in Dallas. So we went to City Hall while he was deployed. I was supposed to start planning this epic wedding and I quickly realized that I, I I never consider anything to be expensive. So I don't like to really use the word expensive or pricey. What I will say is I began to notice that I did not place a high value on all the pomp and circumstance that came with getting married. So I didn't see the value in, in paying per person, basically for them to attend my wedding. I couldn't, I personally did not see that. And it's okay that other people do, but I didn't. 
And so I was trying to figure out, well, how can I do it myself? How can I do this? And I'm like, I'm not a planner. Like, I'm not a planner. Planning large events is overwhelming. There's so many moving parts. I didn't want to figure out what type of landing I wanted, what the seating, who was going to sit next to who. Do I need to get a place card to put your name on it so that you know where to sit? Because clearly, if you just sit at this table, that's going to throw every... I'm not that girl. Uh And so I just really kind of let it go. We put a deposit down with a, a wedding planner. I put a deposit down on a venue and... As time just went on, he came home from de- deployment and like a year later, we were no, he was deployed for 10 months and I was no closer to planning our wedding than before he left. And um, outside of me putting those deposits down on those two things. And even then, the space that I chose was going to just take so much to transform and to make into something that we we just did not have the budget for what I envisioned. And so we lost that deposit because we, we we never had that wedding there. So our wedding planner who we paid, she ended up becoming our baby shower planner because um, after my husband came home about eight months later, we got pregnant with our first son. And so we just took that money um, that we paid her and she planned us a beautiful baby shower. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay, so let's do something for year number five. And I started planning again. And I'm like, okay, we were pregnant again. Um, And at that point, we're paying for daycare for two for two kids. Uh And I just really could not justify the expense at that point. And so I was just like, oh my gosh, okay, so how about I do something for lucky number seven? So I'm like, we can go to Vegas and it can be like a Vegas theme and I can send out like cards that look like playing cards as an invitation. Like I had this whole thing. And then finally I was like, you know what? I don't think that this is meant for me. Everybody doesn't get, you know, that fairy tale of a wedding. And I really felt like I was put in a position that to have those who can't do teach moment. And I felt like, you know what, I just want to create a business where other brides don't have to choose between going to City Hall and running off to Vegas. Like there has to be some type of middle ground Uh because this feeling that I have right now, it sucks. And I don't want anybody else to feel like this. And literally, that is what made me start Just Elope. And here we are three years later, because we launched in February of 2017. Hmm. Um, three years later, 123 weddings and counting booked, and we rolling. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. It really is. And what you said, honestly, that's, that's always, I think, how people think of weddings like it just has or elopements it just has to be this quick kind of un you know this thing that's thrown together and it feels like it's thrown together it looks like it's thrown together there's no like beautiful you know floral arrangements or like a gorgeous dress it's just kind of like we have to do this so this is our only option and it's it's like it's a punishment because when you get engaged you're supposed to be feeling all like you know, having the butterflies and feel, you know, cause what, 
we're taught and what you see on um, online about, you know, like what weddings look like and things like that is this very kind of like beautiful, romantic kind of thing. And sometimes some people don't necessarily get that option or for whatever reason, that is not always obtainable to them for whatever reason. And there are multiple reasons for it. So I'm so glad you do what you do because there's so many people that need to still have beautiful weddings, have a beautiful memory and it doesn't feel like a tainted day, you know? So yeah, I'm sorry, Tania. I know you're about to go next, but no, but like you were saying, um, uh, at the time you couldn't find anyone that actually did what you're doing now. And so, I mean, and even now I don't think there's too many people doing this. And so, you have found your niche. Yes. And I think that, you know, with everything that's going on now with COVID-19, you will begin to see a lot of venues and planners and photographers transitioning over, offering um, some form of elopement, micro wedding, pop-up wedding, whatever wording you want to use. Uh Because that's just the way the market is going now. And I had a bride, you know, ask us the other day, well, why should I choose you over anybody else? And I, I, I love those type of questions because um, I'm not a salesperson. And so after all the time that we've been in business, I have gained the confidence to tell people that I want you to make this decision based on the services that we provide and what we've done for other people. And if you feel like that matches the flow that you want for your wedding day, then I want you to pick us. If you have to be convinced that we're the right people for you, then we are not the right people for you because this should not be a decision where you felt pressured. I never want a bride to feel pressured. If she's on the fence about whether she should elope, or have this giant wedding, I tell her, you do whatever is best for you and your fiance. I don't want to sell you on how great this day could, could possibly be because if that's not where your heart is, it, you're still going to be disappointed because it's not really what you wanted to do. And so we, we've been blessed enough to, we've been published in plenty of national publications and on the news and in magazines and our reputation speaks for itself. And so if that's not enough to get you to want to be a Jesse Lowe bride, I can respect that a hundred percent because I don't care how fabulous somebody says a Gucci purse is. I'm again, don't really place the value on that. I'm not buying it. So it doesn't matter if I say, oh, well, you should pick us because we have all five-star reviews on Yahoo and Yelp and Google and Facebook and look at all these brides and look at what they, they did. That doesn't matter if that's not where your heart is. And I can respect that. And so I think that my laid back approach ultimately lands the brides. Um, because a lot of the times when you're dealing with someone in the wedding industry, they are salespeople. And so that comes off as I need to book you because (laughs) if I don't, like I'm going to fall apart. And I feel like sometimes people come off a little bit strong 
And I just mm-hmm. try to be the opposite of that. You do you. And if that, and if you doing you leads you to booking with me, great. If it doesn't, great. Because that means that you went and did whatever it was that you wanted to do for your day with your money. So, yeah. That's real. Because that's essentially why one would choose your company. Because they actually want to elope. Yeah. You know? So, and if they're having a hard time with that, then maybe that's not what they should do. You know, like maybe they should have, you know, the wedding that they want. So I, like, I agree. Yeah. (laughs) And weddings. and And that's one of the things about like what, like, I love that you're doing this. I love honestly that you are a black woman with a very successful elopement company because a lot of times I think we're all just kind of like put into these boxes of what things look like and who is the one, like who are the vendors that provide these type of services. So anyway, before I go on a down a rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> so before, of course, COVID-19, why were couples that you've worked with before, like that you're just aware of, why were couples eloping instead of opting for the traditional wedding? The biggest piece is they don't want the hassle that comes along with planning a wedding. They don't Mm. want us. They don't want the planning. They don't want um, the price tag. And Mm. I think sometimes, though, a lot of people confuse someone having a small wedding with with what they can afford. And that's not the case. We have worked with some very high-end bride who simply wanted something private, had nothing Mm -hmm. to do with the amount of money that they had. I had a bride who we married them um, and her mom told me, she said when they had their engagement party, it was at a country club. It was about 450 people. Um, Mm. They spent about $35,000 on their engagement party. Engagement party. The groom's parents paid for it. And at their wedding, it was eight of them. Eight. I like that. (laughs) And her mom flat out told me she could have had a million dollar wedding. She said, but she didn't want that. Like, that's not what she wanted. And she said, and we respected that. And so I, I tell people all the time, eloping doesn't always equal that you don't have the budget for it. We just have people that simply place their value in other things. They want to be able to go on a month-long honeymoon to Europe. We've had brides say, we leave till tomorrow, we're gone for a month. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's where their value is. And to me, eloping means that you want to have a very, very intentional day. I'm real big on the word intentional because Mm -hmm. I feel like when you think about starting your life together, Jan from accounting is not going to be a part of your life, but you may feel obligated to invite her to your three, 400 plus person wedding. But when you really get down to the bare bones of the people who are going to stand in your corner when times get hard, who you'll be able to go to, to get advice that you respect, that respects your marriage, that will uplift you, that will keep you going, that will hold you accountable 
for most people, that list is not very long. And so when you really talk to people and you start to break things down, it's a lot easier for them to put together that list because a lot of the people that don't go with us, their first thing is, well, how am I only supposed to choose, you know, this small number of of people? And I tell them all the time, hey, listen, if you won the lottery right now, who would you call and tell them you can quit your job? You don't have to work again for the rest of your life. I'm going to take care of you. And they're like, what, girl? Like two, three people. What you talking about? I'm like, mm-hmm. So that means that anybody else that don't show up to your wedding is not that important. And they're always <laughs> like, ooh. That's <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess so. And so, you know, we have fun with it. You know, we're like, oh, yeah, that's real. Everybody loves the lotto. <laughs> yes. Because yeah, yeah, when it comes to, to your money, people get real tight. Like, right. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure it is. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. So how has the pandemic changed eloping? So I would say from two perspectives, from a business perspective, for me, it's business as usual because Mm -hmm. this is what we do. So I will say it's of course more competition because since that's the way that the market is drifting, of course, we are having to compete with a lot more people now. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I think that it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you moving. So I'm I'm cool with, with that. And I also think from a couple standpoint that it opens up that realm of possibility for them that they didn't even think was an option. And so the biggest conversation I've been having with most of my couples are they'll say something like, well, we were just going to go to City Hall and get married since COVID-19 came. And then we were going to plan something big later. And so the advice that I always give couples when they say that, of course, because I can pivot the conversation around to my own personal life, is that the moment you get married, you're married. Hmm. No matter how big of a celebration you throw later, you're married. It's kind of like if you lost your virginity in the back of a car, shout out to everybody who did, no judgment. Um, <laughs> even if you said, well, the next time we do it, we're going to light candles and get a hotel and do this, that, and the third. It's already over. Right. So make your first choice the best possible choice. It may not be this big glamorous dream wedding, but don't sell yourself short on just going to City Hall. Because no matter what, our couples, we encourage them, get your hair and makeup done, get that dress you wanted, do all these things, pamper yourself beforehand, go to a nice dinner afterwards. And when you go, wear your dress. Don't change your clothes. Wear mm. your dress because when you get there, they're probably going to pay for your meal. Like I'm trying to help you save coins all the way around. Ooh. So, exactly. Because people love a celebration. People let, get there so they can send you some complimentary champagne and dessert and let people clap for you. And, and come on now, I'm trying to help you save <laughs> every, every way that, that, that I can, sis. And <laughs> Amen. Listen. And so I just tell them, make the best choice that you can. And if that's eloping and, you know, having something small and still being able to, my big thing is the pictures. So when we got married, we literally have one picture from the day that we got married that my mom took. 
That's it. Because it was just me, my husband, my mom, and my niece. It was a Tuesday at like 10 o'clock in the morning. People at work. And so that's all that I have. And our business really, really took off because I am a professional photographer. So when we first started our business, I shot every wedding that we did. And so since then, we've grown. I have a team and they do the shooting. I, but I edit every single wedding, every picture that you see on our website, our Instagram, our social media, I edit. Um, and that means a lot to me. Now, eventually at the rate that we're going, I'm going to probably have to figure something else out <laughs> with, with that because we're, it's just getting busy. Like, mm-hmm. really busy. Oh, and I work a full-time job. So, you know, there's, there's that. And today was my last day of work for the summer. I work for the school district. I'm at an mm-hmm. executive assistant at my kids' elementary school. Okay. Um, so today was my last day of work until I don't go back to work until the end of July. Okay. So, um, I have a, a good chunk of time off, which is, you know, our, the bulk of our busy season, but yeah, it, I'm going to have to figure something out else out with that, but our editing possibly, but I'm just a firm believer in doing it right the first time, making it special and, being a photographer is what really pivoted and made all of this possible because I was trying to figure out, you know, how can I take their pictures and marry them at the same time? I was like, can I get like a tripod? Can I get like, like, how can I do this? Can I just memorize the vows and stay them while I'm moving around? Like that was in 2015. I had this thought initially um, and we didn't launch to 2017. It took me that long to kind of get the courage to go with it and figure out how to make things work. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of where, where we are. So I know you were talking about, uh, the courthouse, um, and that kind of ties into my next question. What is the difference between going to the courthouse and eloping? So when you go to City Hall, you are going to be assigned the judge that's on duty, and he is going to read off the vows, the standard vows that they deem to be appropriate. Um, when you elope with our company, at least, we do fully customized vows. So you have the opportunity not only for the vows that you say to, e- to each other, but the but the vows that we recite. Um, as a company, we work together to customize those. So if you, we send over two different templates. If you want to go with a more um, basic approach versus if you want a more religious take that has a prayer and scripture and that, and that sort of thing. And we can customize it however you, you, you see fit. So going to the, going to city hall is, your experience is going to be the same experience as everybody else's because their primary business is not marrying people. They have a script. Whoever's there is who you're going to get. And you're, they're going to read off what they have in front of them. And they don't know you. They aren't trying to get to know you. Um, they want you to get done so they can move on to the next person. And that's not us. Okay. Well, 
similar question. What is the difference between a micro wedding or micro wedding, pop-up wedding and an elopement? Or is it like you said, all just marketing words to yes. say the same thing? <laughs> and I, I really think that people kind of just interchange those words out to what, whatever their definition of it is for us. When we say elopements in our mind, that is up to 20 guests. Um, when we say our pop-up weddings, that means that we're saying, hey, on June 5th at this location, we have five time slots for you to be able to come and get married. And so we'll have a pop-up event on one particular day. So at this point, the couple isn't saying, hey, our anniversary is September 5th. We want to get married then. It's which we can do. But a pop-up wedding event for us is saying, hey, we're going to be at this place. So like we marry couples. Part of the fun of our company and what sets us apart is that we'll marry you anywhere. And so if you said you want to get married at Target, like we're going to Target. And we've married couples at the state at the State Fair of Texas, professional basketball games, live on the news, at coffee shops. And so when we say, hey, we're hosting our pop-up wedding e event at the State Fair this year, we have five slots. You sign up for one of those slots. You come out, you, you get married, you get your pictures. We may say, hey, we're popping up in Atlanta in September, and we're going to be at Piedmont Park and we have this time these time slots open. So that's what we mean when we say pop-up weddings. Okay. Very interesting. I love that you all are adventurous basically. Yes. So. <laughs> I love it. Yes. And I'm really glad you broke that down because I keep seeing like of course like you're saying there's more competition now. So everybody, well not everybody, but I am seeing a lot of uh, wedding planners pivoting to micro weddings or elopements or you know here's this package where mm -hmm. and I, I was always just like what does this mean because a few like I started hearing about micro weddings maybe last year mm -hmm. um and that was because like one of my good friends um was thinking about having like a very small and intimate wedding um with just like family and just a handful of friends. Mm -hmm. um, and I think she used the phrase micro wedding. So I was thinking, oh, what's that? And then I saw like a, like, I think some venues in Atlanta had um, kind of like micro wedding sections on mm -hmm. their website to kind of show you like, hey, these are the options that we offer. Um, and some photographers have been using, you know, like, hey, we have elopement packages, things like that. So that was my level of familiarity with it until the pandemic hit. And then I started hearing about pop-up weddings. Mm -hmm. And when I think of pop-up weddings, I think of pop-up shops. So I'm like, you know, like, okay, this, you know, like small retailer, or this small, you know, like candle making company or like a shea butter company is going to be at this, at this venue or at this place that does these like little, very small micro selling sessions or whatever. So to me, I was like, but how do you translate that into a wedding? Like, how do you just, all right, so we waking up, we, we doing this today? Like, <laughs> I, I didn't really understand <laughs> what it meant. And I wasn't sure if that's really what it meant. So, okay. All and right. Something totally different for the next person. True. Um, so I think that, 
it's truly the verbiage and you know what people deem to be cool and just their own spin on the marketing aspect of it what word is gonna sell definitely i forget that so much of this is marketing um okay okay go on to me i'm sorry (laughs) so how are couples deciding between these smaller weddings during the pandemic we have had couples say you know our original wedding date was for this but my mother is in the high risk category you know Mm -hmm. or my grandparents don't feel like it's safe for them to travel and so because those key people can't be there then we don't feel the need to do something large you know or it may be hey we moved here for work all of our family and friends really live out of town so they were going to be traveling but with everything that's going on they're not going to be able to so we want to do something small here and then add in the zoom component so that they're able to watch and i think that that's been one of the biggest changes and it's really not even a big change but that's been one of the things that we've added on to our brand is allowing couples the opportunity to hey like once they pay their final invoice we create just our zoom meeting send the link over to them tell them send this out to all of your family and, and friends we'll record it and let's get to it and so that has really helped a lot of couples to be able to just have their family and friends be able to watch and go back and read the comments that they left behind and um so that makes them feel very special as well but the zoom piece can get tricky i bet (laughs) yes please please go on about that because i was about to ask like so please please yeah here's the deal with zoom the internet is not a place let's just start there so when someone gets married you have to be in front of your officiant and if your officiant is not in front of you then technically your wedding is not legal because getting married on the internet is not a place if you have been keeping up with politics and everything that's going on with covid19 you may have noticed that um the governor of new york mr Cuomo just recently passed the law that couples could get their marriage license online and that they could legally get married via zoom i saw that okay so the reason why that's so important to note is he literally just approved that to be legal so anybody that was doing it before then what does that make it (laughs) if your governor in your state like the great state of texas has not approved that to be legal it's not legal Mm. if i'm at my house as the officiant and you're at your house as the couple and i'm marrying you and and we and i'm a texas officiant and you live in texas your marriage is technically not legally binding so of course as a business owner when the pandemic hit i'm looking for every which way to keep the you know income coming in so i'm calling the courthouses i'm calling this person i even tweeted our county judge um 
County Clerk, County Judge Clay Jenkins literally went on Twitter and said, hey, I know we're on lockdown, but if a couple wanted to get married and it was just the two of us, it was just the two of them and me, and we were like at a public location, can I marry them? And he tweeted me back, yes. And so, I mean, I was literally exploring every avenue that I possibly could. What the county clerk told me, she said, when someone turns in their marriage license, we don't know where they got married at. So if they got married on Zoom, nine times out of 10, nobody's ever going to know that you as the officiant was not there to host that wedding and their marriage license would be fine and their marriage would be valid. She said, technically. She said, but here's the problem. And you have to ask yourself if you want this to come back to bite you later. Let's just say things go south with the couple. And one of them says, well, when we got married, we got married online. The officiant wasn't even there. Now here comes this whole big whirlwind of was the marriage even legal to begin with? Oh, my gosh. And she said, you have to just ask yourself, do you want to take that chance? And I personally didn't want to take that that chance. So I'm sure people are marrying couples and their marriages are probably going to be valid and they'll never get a divorce and everything will be all fine and good and it will not be an issue. It can be legal. It's also legal in other states. So they're probably able to pass. But in the state of Texas, as of today, it is not legal to marry someone via Zoom. They cannot get their marriage license online. You have to go in person. So because that's the way things are, we decided that we weren't taking the the chance. And okay, so honestly, (laughs) when I was first thinking about, okay, Zoom and stuff like that, I thought you were just going to be like, Girl, the technical issues, because sometimes some calls be dropping or like (laughs) the internet don't be right at these events. You, I didn't even think about that. And it reminds me of when we had a conversation with um, a destination planner when she was explaining to us the differences in, you know, getting married over there versus getting married here and like the different legalities that you have to deal with. Is your marriage valid? That's what that reminded me of. Never would have thought. Never would have thought. Especially, yeah, because like my fiance um, was the one that called out um, Como uh, saying that, you know, like you can get married through like online and stuff like that. And so, because our wedding's in October um, (laughs) and there's still a lot for us to decide whether we move forward or not. But when he brought that up, I was thinking, oh, well, that's, you know, like if that's, something that's open then maybe it'll be open here or maybe we could just do it online and it's not an issue not even thinking about that at all wow yeah, yeah. you just gave us a lot of information um a lot of new parts <laughs> yes 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 because i wouldn't have even thought about that and so like i wonder like how many states um are like texas but then how many officiants out there that are still you know, hosting oh, yeah. right. these weddings <laughs> because they need the money, you know? Yeah. And so, like, uh, I can't even and imagine. One of the big things I think is that couple, that officiant, this is unprecedented. So because of that, you just would assume, you know, that it would be okay. And because why not? You know, like, I'm 
can legally marry people. So I can should be able to do it online. Like that should be a, a, a thing. And unfortunately, if, you know, if the couple is not in front of the officiant, because technically when you get married, if we want to be technical, you are supposed to, when you go to marry somebody, if you and your fiance came to me with a marriage license, how do I know that that's your name on that license? So technically you're supposed to, the, your, the wedding parties are supposed to bring their driver's license. You're supposed to look at their pictures to compare that they are who they say they are before you sign off on this legally binding document. And you're supposed to have the marriage license in front of you at the time of the ceremony taking place, or it's just a commitment ceremony. It's not legally binding if the marriage license is not present, technically. But Mm. of course, that's not really the way that the world operates. Mm. Typically, you communicate with people, you get to know them beforehand. They paid with their credit card. They've done this, that, and the third, blah, blah, blah. So you know that this is the person. But in all honesty, there are a lot of steps, legal things that should happen, you know, before you sign off on a document to marry somebody. It's kind of like when you get something notarized, you have to, y'all have to sign the paper in front of the notary. You know what I'm saying? Like they have to, yeah, have to know before they sign off on this paper that the both of you that are signing it are agreeing that everything on here is right and true. And they have to write it down in their ledger that they signed it and all these things. Because if, if it ever comes back, they have to be able to trace who signed that document. And you have to sign in their book. You know, if you ever had anything notarized before, you have to sign off that, yes, I'm getting this notarized. So imagine if you have to do that with just any type of paper, what the actual steps are when it comes to marrying somebody, if, if you were to get extremely technical uh, about it. Mm. It's a lot. <laughs> Sounds like a lot. <laughs> so much. Oh my gosh. It's kind of like, again, going back to the destination conversation where you assume that because you're having a destination wedding that like, oh, it's going to be easier. It's going to be cheaper. It's going to be this. And it's like, no, it's just a different type of headache. It's yeah. just, like it's not like the traditional kind. There's still a lot of things you have to kind of navigate and get. Um, that you still have to do. Um, yeah. It just might not be apples to apples. Um, okay, so kind of in the same vein, are elopements actually cheaper, or I guess it just depends, right? Well, I think that. It really does de- depend. So our company at this point, our packages are extremely affordable. And I also feel as though there are companies and we are one of them, but we've kind of switched things up because of COVID in the sense of elopements can get pricey because just because you have a smaller ceremony and a small mm-hmm. guest count doesn't mean that you don't want to maybe you don't want to spend your money on the quantity of people, but you want to spend it on the quality of the experience that they're going to have. Mm. So maybe you don't want to have a hundred people. Maybe you only want to have 20, but maybe you want, uh, you know, live acrobats to come in and, and perform. Maybe you want a, a pet kangaroo or something like people, the price can add up as much as you want it to based on the experience you want your guests to have. And I think that sometimes people think that they can't do those things 
Um, right now, with everything going on with COVID, our packages are very to the point. And so there are no added expenses because we're not adding anything on. Um, but people are having celebrations with larger groups afterwards and they're going all out. You know, they're ordering expensive champagne and they're catering from a five-star restaurant or having a personal chef come in. So the for some people, the money is still being spent. It's just on, they would much rather give their smaller guest count a more quality luxury experience than have to do something mediocre for a larger crowd. Mm. So it just really, it just really depends. Okay. I kind of like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. I've as of late been really, really thinking about like your favorite word intentional, like having the right amount of people, the right people at your wedding because this is such a sacred moment and it's such a sacred event that not everybody should be there like you said jennifer in accounting like these random people that are just kind of like blips in your life right now yeah. shouldn't necessarily get that access um and sometimes uh you have moments like this where you know you're in a pandemic and you gotta think maybe i cut names back who really matters who like Looking back, do you want to be like, eh, why did I invite them? I, I don't even talk to them no more. Right. You know, um, so all good points, all good points. Because I would definitely be like, dang, I really don't want to invite my boss, but I have to. <laughs> <laughs> so. it, it, it's obligations that people start to to feel like. And then you have to ask yourself, like, honestly, is your boss or your coworker in your mind at any other point, would you spend $150 or $200 on this person? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Especially to me, because she, she is frugal. She's very frugal. Yeah. <laughs> so She's very budget conscious. Yes. 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 And so I want to save all my coins. Yes. So. Me too. Ugh. Okay. My makes fun of me all the time because <laughs> like... Um, when we first started out, you know, like a lot of young couples, we did not have much. And then we had two kids back to back because when our first baby was 10 months, when Maddox was 10 months, we found out we were pregnant with Jackson. And then we were paying daycare for two kids. And so for so long, um, we were struggling, you know, as most, as not most, but as some young couples do. Yeah. And there was not a lot of money for extras for for us. It's so crazy because now that there is, I, I still operate in the same fashion. And so he makes fun of me whenever I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh man, I gotta work tomorrow. He's like, to your side job. Um, because at this point, I don't you know, I don't know why I'm holding on to my full-time job, honestly. Because three weeks ago, I passed my salary at work. Mm, come on now. Congratulations. Yes. And I'm just, I think, I think that sometimes it's, it's hard to be like, oh, I'm just going to just jump out there. People think, people always like to holler about, you need to just have faith and get out there. Oh, baby, I got faith. I also got Maddox and Jackson and Sally Mae and Nailnet. <laughs> right. Listen, happy yes. is on my back. Yes, and, yes. You know, it's it's just the time will come 
and probably one day soon. This this my goal is for this coming school year to be my last school year working. And so that means that this year has truly been about just saving, 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 because if this pandemic has showed us nothing else, it things can change at the drop of a dime. Uh-huh. And you don't know how your life is going to be impacted when you are a service-based business. And so that really made us stop and think about the product side of our business and how we, we needed to restructure that and really ramp things up because it's not that people... It's not that the coronavirus caused people to stop to stop spending because people were at home with nothing to do but spend money because uh-huh. they couldn't go anywhere. So folks were spending, making money, spending money. But when you're a service-based business, you take a huge hit because you rely on that face-to-face interaction in order to make a sale. And so it really did kind of pivot what we're doing and how we're operating. So I feel like once I do decide to leave, I'll be more prepared because I've already had the COVID-19 has already taken away that comfort zone or that, you know, that security blanket of how the world operates. Yeah. And so I'll be ready when it's time. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. How common are local elopement compared to destination ones so the bulk of ours take place here in dallas when we first started out and we just we used to be called just elope dallas and we were solely dallas based and then when we found our llc and decided to trademark our company we decided to switch things up and become just elope because we knew that we wanted to expand beyond dallas so once we did that last year, we we're like, hey, we'll marry you anywhere in the world. And blah, 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 blah. well, here's the deal with that. People need boundaries. When you tell somebody that you will go anywhere, their imagination goes everywhere, but their budget can only go somewhere that they probably don't want to go. So when you give people options and you say, Hey, we'll marry you in, we're having any, a pop-up event in Florida and we're going to marry you on the beach or blah, 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 or we're going to New Orleans and we're marrying couples right in the French Quarter. We noticed for our company, when we had it wide open saying, hey, we can go anywhere, we really didn't have as much control over what the environment that we were going into versus us taking the time to coordinate and vet out locations and know exactly how the day was going to operate, what we were walking in, in, into, what the permits could possibly cause. That allowed us to be able to adjust our packages accordingly, charge the appropriate rates, and it really gave us just more control over what our schedule was going to look like. I am a wife and a mom of two. And like I said, I work full time. So me being able to hop on a plane because somebody want to get married on a Wednesday in in Miami, that that didn't always fit with, with my schedule. So I had to really think about my roots. Our business 
flows the way that it does because it's easy for me. It has nothing to do with our clients um, because I do work and I do have kids. I had to create a brand that could thrive and I can still be the type of wife and mom that I wanted to be because above all else, that's what's most important because somebody can stop booking weddings today and never book again. I have to make sure that my home life is in check at all times. And so our packages are built the way that they are because they are repetitive. If you came to me today and said you want to get married tomorrow, your experience would be exactly the same as someone that booked their wedding six months out. And when we sat down to do how I wanted the business to run, I really looked at fast food restaurants. And that's where I got a lot of the inspiration from for how I wanted my business to run. When mm. you go to Starbucks, whether you go to Starbucks in Atlanta, in LA, or in Texas, what you order is what you order. And it should taste the same no matter where you go. Yes. When you go to Chick-fil-A, you want your food the same whether you go to the one on the corner by your house or the one downtown. So with our with our business, people say, well, which photographer do I do I get to pick? And you don't get to pick anybody because the people that contract with our business all own their own professional photography companies and they freelance for my company. So they show up, they shoot, I get the card, I do the editing. So my business doesn't run around who you want to pick because it doesn't matter who's on shift at McDonald's. I want my fries hot. I don't own <laughs> but Sarah is at work. I shouldn't have to come in here when Sarah is here to get my fries hot and get them salted the right way. You should be trained on how much salt is going on these fries. You should be like, it needs to be uniform no matter what. My day should not depend upon who is there. So it needs to be able to run. And that is truly how we run our business. Whoever is available is who shoots. Because I have full confidence in everybody that's on my team to deliver the exact same thing over and over. You can look at 10 different weddings and it, it's three of my photographers and my, and myself. And I only shoot if it's like an emergency or we have like multiple weddings in a day and everybody is out then, but you can look at 10 different weddings and you would never be able to tell, oh, I like this wedding because so-and-so shot it. You would never be able to tell who shot what because why does it matter? If you call me tomorrow and say that you wanted to get married on, on Saturday, I'm going to marry you on, on, on Saturday whether this photographer or this officiant or this person is available or not because our business is so much bigger than any of us. It's not about me. It's not, it's not about them. It's about giving our couples the experience that they deserve. And so that's the approach that we took with creating our, our packages. And then the approach, I, we were talking about destination weddings. The approach I took with when I first started 
was I would get people on, on the phone and they would be like, well, I want to go look at this venue. And can I see this when I saw you had it listed on your website? Because when you get married, when you get engaged, that's what you do. You know, it's part of the fun. You drive around, you look at different places and all of these things. Well, that didn't work for me. So I had to figure out what am I going to do because that doesn't work. So I took the destination wedding approach. If you were thinking about getting married in Paris or Mexico, the odds of you getting on a plane, flying to Paris, then flying to Mexico, checking out this resort or that resort, and then coming back home saying, you know what, I think I want to go back and look at that resort in Cozumel one more time. You're not going to do it. You're going to make your decision based on the pictures that you see from other people's weddings, the package that it comes with, and the experience that other couples have said that they have had. And that was the approach that we took on with our elopement packages. I am not driving you, meeting you at no venue. This boy got, this boy got karate. This one got basketball. <laughs> I just got off work. I, I can't. And I think a lot of it that comes with running a business is just having the confidence to say, this is how we operate. And this is what it is. You can go into these stores and Forever 21, let's just use that for an example. And you could buy a dress and it's like a, a going out dress. They will tell you when you get to the counter, I hope you tried that on because you cannot return that. Because they know mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, you probably going to wear that out and then try to bring it back. Right. You cannot return it. So if you buy this dress, no matter what, you cannot bring it back. If you choose to buy it, then you're choosing to abide by those rules. They're not worried about losing a customer because of that. Because people typically respect the boundaries that people place in their lives. And I had to get the confidence to know that in order for my business to be successful in the long run, I have to stop making short-term decisions because I was trying to, you know, somebody would say, oh, well, I want to do this. So I want to do that. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 that, that's fine. And now I'm having to remember all these different things that I told this person that they were going to get versus what I told this person they were going to get. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I don't even know what I'm doing at this point because I didn't told so many people so many things. And I'm like, this is overwhelming. But I realized I was chasing the money. And I wasn't thinking about the long term of me having an actual brand. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about, you know, this is a, a little side hustle. If you want a side hustle, cool, but you're going to get a little side hustle money. I wasn't looking for side hustle money. I was looking when I decided to trend to transition to make this an actual business to get the legal paperwork behind it and trademark it and make it an LLC and do all of these things. I had to operate different. I had to move differently because now I'm investing money into this and I cannot invest my hard earned money into doing this. And I'm running around in a circle and I'm not really seeing the profit because I'm spending so many unnecessary hours. Mm. And now if you reach out to me and you say, well, can you tell me more about this package? 
I'm going to literally read you verbatim what's on our website because that's what's included. If you don't see it there, guess what? It's not included. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not a hidden treasure. I don't want you to have to, to think about it. Like, I try to make it as straightforward as possible because that's what I want. I want to be able to go onto your website, see what you offer, what's included, how much it costs. Let me look at some other pictures so I can make a sound de- decision. I don't want to have to wait for you to, I don't want to have to send you an inquiry and then you get back to me and then I got to wait for you to tell me how much something costs and it's been five days. I still haven't heard from you. I'm waiting. I don't want that. I want you to be able to go on there, read exactly what we do, read the facts page of exactly what's not happening because people will say, oh, well, I see you, you know, the packages for 20 people. So what would happen if I brought 25 people? Well, we would (laughs) sit there as a group until your other five people left and it would be super awkward. (laughs) The time does not extend because we talked about this. You would have signed it in your contract. I was about to say, (laughs) you know, we, I mean, we don't, let's, let's, let's not play that game, you know? So I think that when you are, the people that are for us are for us and they love it and they have the best experience because they don't have to do anything. Our couples don't have to do anything, but put their clothes on and show up and I'm going to take care of you every step of the way. And if that's what you want, then that's what I can give you. If you want to pick out your place setting and all, then, then baby, I can refer you to an amazing full scale wedding planner, but it's not me because I want to plan your 200 person wedding. <laughs> I love the fact that you are intentional, like yes. in every aspect of your business. Yes. Like I feel like, you know, you have to set some boundaries and, you know, and like you said, like you have a full-time job, you have kids, you have a husband, you know, you still need to cook and everything like, like you still have to take care of home. And so like, I love that fact. And then also the fact that like your weddings probably are flawless. Like they run very flawlessly because you have set out that plan or that um i'm in the medical field and so like we have our set protocols and so it sounds like you have a protocol like in place yes you know? you and so yeah. we are sticking with the timeline mm-hmm. we go over the timeline before we start and i explain to people this is not if you've ever been to a wedding before this is not that experience where the bride is late all right people always i i went so we partnered with different venues so a venue reached out to us and they said hey we would love for you to offer you know packages at our comp at our venue and so i'm like okay cool so i went out there i met i met with them and the owner said in the i think they've been there like 30 years in the 30 years that we've been in business um, we've never had a wedding start on on time. And I said, well, in the three years that I've been in business, I've never had a wedding end late. So he's like, well, what does that mean? Mm. I'm not worried about your start time. 
if your contract states that we are together for two hours from five to seven, at seven o'clock, we're done. Now, if you chose to get there at 6.50, that was your choice. I respect it. You are an adult. You can move how you want to move, get to where you want to get to. But I think that people are afraid to take big business approach in their small business. If you get to the airport late, that's your business. They're not going to hold that plane just because you decided that you wanted to get there hour after takeoff. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Go on about their day. And I think that as a small business owner, of course, we bend over, we make exceptions, but there, ha- but there has to be certain aspects to your business that are non-negotiable. And when I am working with venues and I'm getting contracts with these venues and we are saying, hey, if you give us this rate, we can pop in and be out in two hours and you can still have a big, huge wedding when before us or after us. We just need, you know, this middle piece. I have to keep my word because when your wedding day is over, I still have to come back to these people. And so because of that, I have to make sure that I run a tight ship no matter what, because that is the expectation that I put forward when this venue trusted me enough to say, okay, well, this, this partnership can work. Okay, great. I don't own a venue, but yet our company partners with like six. I have zero overhead. I don't have to worry about the lights being on or this, that, and third. So because of that, I have to extra make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to to do. And I really drill into my couples. We have to end on time. And they always say, well, what about starting on time? I tell them that that part is up to you. If we start on time, that is up to you because I'm going to be there 30 minutes before you supposed to be here. So I'm going to be here waiting, sitting in my car, looking on Instagram, waiting on you to to pull up. I'm going to be here. (laughs) So whatever time we start, that's up to you. But I determine when we end and we end it on time. And they're like, oh, okay. well, we're going to make sure we're there early. Well, thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So, do you think that we're going to see more representation in the wedding spaces around elopements now due to the pandemic and recent protests? Oh my gosh. I think that to start, we will, um, because a lot of companies, in my opinion, feel the need to go out of their way at this point to say, hey, we want to re- we want to show you that we care, that we want to represent you. And so I think that for those that have the opportunity to get into those spaces, while it's, for lack of a better word, the cool thing for people, for these companies to do right now, these publications, mm-hmm. that that would be great for their business. But it will fade because if you truly valued it and you truly thought that it was worth making it a point to say, we need more African-American women or men, you wouldn't even have had to put up a post saying, hey, tag all the black business owners that you know so we can Yes, yes. We have dedicated a team to do the research 
to <laughs> seek those people out. It should not have taken all of this for you to for you to open up to say, hey, this is something that we are not representing. We right. need to find out how we can do better. You, that didn't even have to be some big public uh, announcement. You could have done that within your company and just let it start to be shown through the, uh, the, the content that you were producing that you were representing Black women. Like, don't make it a thing now just because of this. Because once this dies down, what are you going to do then? Exactly. And why mm-hmm. it before? We were just talking about this earlier today. <laughs> we were. We were. And it's kind of like, why do we have to do the work for you by tagging <laughs> us? Listen, your posts? why? Why do we have to do that? Why do I have to educate you on my Black business when the same way you look up other elopement companies in Dallas, you could have searched me. If you Google Elope in Dallas, I'm the first thing that pops up. I'm not hard to find. So, so for somebody to say, tag a elopement, a Black-owned elopement company in Dallas, I think that, you know, <laughs> I'm just like, really, dude? Because a, a quick Google search could have brought you to that. You know, it's like, don't do not do it for the clout and the attention right. of it. And don't, don't get me wrong. I'm glad that some people will truly benefit from being on these larger platforms. And if our company has the possibility of being on those larger platforms, of course we want it. But if we don't get that opportunity, I'm clapping all day for the sister that does. Because you deserve your your chance. I'm going to keep working hard every single day. And my time will, will come and... Even if it's not because I received praise from Martha Stewart, like Martha, you posted me on your Instagram or sharing, sharing, you sharing me in your story that's going to disappear. <laughs> somebody just going to click through is not the same as or and, and not just me. But any any black owned business is not the same as you taking the time to pour into those people. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need you to just put me in a room so you can walk by and wave at me. And I should be thankful that you thought enough of me to put me in this room. I don't need your, I don't need a self-help. T- tell me something that I don't know. Put me in a position to where I can get in front of some people that can actually make a difference in my business. It's kind of like going to these self-help brunches. Like, I don't want to, I don't want you to tell me how you know you use instagram to blow up and you did that i don't want to hear that i don't want to hear the the self-help thing i am very motivated as an individual if you want to help me give me the plug on you sell t-shirts or mugs who is your wholesaler Mm -hmm. like if you really want to put some put somebody on because even even you even me telling you that we sell two two different things. We have two different audiences. So how is that's not going to affect your business? And and I, I think that that's what people confuse sometimes with all of these women empowerment events. I feel empowered. Whether I mean I, I'm empowered on my own. 
I need you to give me some tangible things that I can walk away with. And this is for the big businesses now that are appealing to black women. Give me some tangible things. Put some contacts out, 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 out there. Say, hey, if you are looking to get published, this is who you should send your pitch to. If you are looking for to our advertising person, like this is who you need to give me some direct people that I can get in front of so that I'm just not sending cold emails out. That's right. That is what I need. I don't need you to just post me on your story as a as a big brand and think that, oh, we just, okay, we posted eight Black women today. Check. All right. Let's make sure we post our Black box tomorrow for Black right. Friday. <laughs> are really hitting the um, check marks here. Wow. We right. are doing it. No, ma'am. You're not. <laughs> you are not (laughs) just to make people feel like they did something oh it infuriates me so much oh my gosh when i saw all those black boxes yesterday i was just like what 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 are we doing with this what what is the point like black people that are doing it i get it i completely understand but you other folks that ain't ever 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 in your life have felt like you needed to stand up for representation or showing more showing more diversity like diversity is such an easy way to market yeah. it is not even that hard but the fact that that whole tag of business that's the laziest thing that's what we were talking about earlier because i'm like what are you going to do with this after yeah. they've tagged it are you doing anything with it are you establishing relationships are you making connections no but you have engagement now that this post has been seen by 10 times more than your average post get and your engagement for it is so much higher like i i'm a marketer so i think in marketing all the time so yeah anyway and i don't want to i should not have to teach grown you what how you can what you can do to end racism or what you can you are a grown adult you mean to tell me that you can't figure out that if somebody around you makes a racist comment or a joke that you need to check them right then and there because it's wrong. But by you just listening to it and kind of laughing and just thinking, a lot of times people say stuff like, oh, you know, that's just Jim. You know how he he, he is. No, you need to check Mm-mm. him. And you right. need to tell Jim he races and that he needs to stop. And that if he's going to continue, you're not going to be around him. You're going to tell whoever it is that you you need to tell. Period. That's how you nip that in the bud. You check Mm -hmm. people from the door. Stop saying you don't see color. I want you to see my color. I am a black woman. See that. Because I see that you are a white woman. I see that you are handicapped. I see that you are blind. I see that you have red hair. We, We see those things. And I need you to see it. And I need you to understand that it is your duty as somebody who is not of color to make sure that when something inappropriate is said about somebody of color, if I was at work and I said, oh, look at Susan over there in, in that wheelchair, <laughs> y'all would be like, I believe <laughs> yeah. that you're talking about right. 
in a wheelchair. Like Susan get, was in a car accident. That wasn't her fault. But if y'all want to talk about black Jennifer, it's okay. And you would feel uncomfortable checking somebody because they said something racist. But you wouldn't feel uncomfortable checking somebody if they talked about Susan in her wheelchair. Like, this is not hard. It shouldn't be this hard. The conversation should not be, I understand a black person got shot, but is the looting, but they need to stop looting. The, the conversation should be, I understand that they're looting, but black people need to stop getting shot. Right. Like, you need to switch the priority of what you're saying, because what you're saying right now is the priority is what's being stolen, not the life that's being lost. You're putting the good over the person. And that's what people aren't getting. I do not agree that looting is what you is what we is what people should be doing. But I also need folks to understand that looting and black people are not the same thing. Stop making that one. Stop making that one thing. Stop. Stop putting. Stop making looters and black people a synonym. Because because yeah. that's not the case. Oh, girl, I can listen. Let's talk about weddings, baby. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost done. We're almost done. We have three more questions oh. for you. <laughs> I'm telling you, because as a black woman married to a black man met raising black sons, right. I don't how light their skin is. They are black men and they are large. My husband is six foot seven. My seven oh my gosh. is four foot six. My five-year-old is four foot three. Oh wow. my gosh. Big old boys. And I don't need somebody thinking that they 12, that when, that when they're 10 or, or, or 12, that they're 18 and that you want to handle them as such. Oh, girl, listen. It is a lot. It is. It really is. It's a lot. Oof. Okay. Like I said, three more to go. Um, kind of going back to elopements. <laughs> how how should couples announce their marriage if they elope? Like, should they say something beforehand with like an announcement? Do they do a save the date, but they not invite nobody? Like, how how do they do that? I personally encourage all of our couples to one of the services that we we offer is that we'll make you an announcement. We'll make you a digital announcement or mm. invitation, um, really quick add on. Uh, and we encourage you to tell everybody before the whole Zoom thing became super cool. What we would tell our our couples is get on Facebook, create a private Facebook group, invite all of your family and friends to the group and go live in the group for your wedding. And so that was before the whole Zoom craze came in. Um, and I just suggested that because it was free. Uh, and so then, you know, here we are with Zoom. I encourage couples to tell people up front, you know, this is what we're doing. The people that are important to you, tell them. The people that aren't, let them find out on social media like people find out everything else. Mm -hmm. and, but don't hide it. And again, that kind of goes into the whole cost perspective. 
you can still send out, you can send out a digital invitation if you want it to be informal. Um, we have couples who got, we have a rooftop package, very, very, very luxurious feeling, great place to get married. You know, they're all their guests come dressed, come dressed up. The guys are in suits. The girls are in, you know, floor length dresses. And they sent out actual mailed invitations that she really wanted this particular invitation that went out. So a chunk of her budget went to these luxurious invitations. We also have couples that they literally text a picture or send an e-bike. So it, there, there is no right or wrong way to doing it, but we just like to educate couples to let them know whatever you choose, we can help you figure that out and what that looks like. Perfect. 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 How soon do couples need to book an elopement planner if that's what they decide on doing? Well, for our company, we only need about six hours notice. So six hmm. hours. Ooh. Six okay. Hours. Um, because we have like outdoor, we have couples that like to give me like they, we have a couple, they met at White Rock Lake while they were jogging. And what city are you ladies in? Atlanta. Or yeah. the suburbs, but yeah. Atlanta. So yeah. here in Dallas, um, there is a, uh, it's called White Rock Lake. A lot of people go jogging there. You can go fishing, you can go boating. All, all It's really nice. And so they met at White Rock Lake. And they called and they said, hey, we want to get married at White Rock Lake. We know it's short notice. Um, and I'm saying, oh, we, we, we can do short notice. And they were like, yeah, we were thinking like at 7 o'clock tonight. And I'm like, bet, let me get dressed. So I see you up there. Like, I mean, because it's a public outdoor space. We don't have to work. We don't have to wait to talk to the venue to see if they have the availability and that's that's that sort of thing. And by me being a professional photographer as well as an officiant and my husband being an officiant, if ever there's anything at the very last minute that we need to be able to accommodate and our team is unavailable or I'm like, oh, I don't want to have to bother anybody to, today, we can do it. So my mother lives with us. And so, you know, being able to just pick up and go, especially if it's in the evening after work, like we just make it, we can make it happen. So Nice. Good okay. stuff. All right. And our final question is, what advice would you give to a couple that's considering eloping? Hmm. My advice that I would give to a couple that's considering eloping is to think about if the experience is important to you. And if you have always envisioned you having this big, grand, luxurious wedding, don't let your current situation dictate that you can't have that. You may have to wait another year, another six, six months. Um, but if the experience of having that moment of everybody seeing you walk down the aisle and seeing all your friends on the, on the dance floor and you, I mean, you just envision y'all all doing the wobble. I mean, it, it don't matter what it is. If that's what, you, if that's where your heart is set, then mm -hmm. that's what you need to do. 
if getting married is more important to you than the experience and you just want to make sure you still have something that's about the two of you and you're okay if everybody's not there then you should elope but there's nothing wrong with wanting that experience i seen a quote the other day that said the people that want a marriage are getting married and the people that want a wedding are not getting married and i don't think that that's fair because if you've if you've been planning something for 18 months to two years and then all of a sudden it just goes away that it that doesn't make you a bad person because you don't want to have something small I think that this pandemic, along with our wedding from that sparked all of this going to City Hall earlier, I I, I mentioned that I I feel like I'm destined to be one of those people who kind of live my life giving to uh, other people for things that I didn't get to experience. Another prime example of that is our 10-year vow renewal was planned for next month in Cancun. Mm. And we planned that over 18 months ago. Mm. And I was finally getting my turn. And my girls had a bridal shower plan because I never had that, a bachelorette party plan because I've never had that. I was in a full experience. And then the coronavirus came. And so Mm. I always, when I sit back and look at things, I always try to see what exactly is God trying to tell me right now? You know, and I don't want to get super religious on on here, but I, I look at the bigger picture of things and me not being able to have, finally have the opportunity to have my dream wedding, vow renewal, and all those experience truly, truly, truly makes me the perfect person to be able to deal with the brides that have lost money on these big weddings that have had to change their plans, whose plans fell through because just like when we first started our business, I'm right there. That's my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I understand. And that's why I never try to pressure people into booking with us because I know that you want to do what you want to do. And you should have to have tell somebody that you should be okay with doing something else. If that's not what you want, then that's not what you want. That's real. That's real. Thank you. Thank you. You, you have given us advice for wedding planners. I wrote this down. I've been seeing a lot of this. I know y'all didn't ask. <laughs> you good. But to all of my industry people, especially those that are first starting out, stop using stock images for your company. Yes. If you are a planner, if I don't care if you have to go and buy some stuff and go in your living room and set it up on your table to show what a tablescape could look like. You need to do that because people need a true representation of what you have to offer. When we first started our business, my mom and dad went to, um, my mom bought a wedding dress 
And I took pictures of her and my dad. Those were the pictures that we used on our website. We did like a whole little mock wedding just mm. to have some content. And that very first year that we were in business, I basically charged people pennies because I just needed the pictures to be able to advertise. I needed the pictures and the reviews to mm. really try to start to solidify myself as a business owner so that I knew I could start attracting a higher paid client. And so it was hard. We worked for nothing, but it was for something because every picture you see on our actual page are couples that we have married. This is not some inspiration picture. I think that giving people what you do is the key. If that means that in the beginning you got to come out of your pocket or you got to give something away for free or you only charging enough to cover the actual um, things that you have to buy, do that. Let people see what you can do and that will get you a whole lot further than constantly reposting other people's work because Mm -hmm. that's their work that they worked hard on. Whether you give them credit or not, it's still false advertisement in the sense of you saying, I could do this same thing for you. But how do I know that? Just show me what you can do and then we can go from there. Mm. And so Mm -hmm. that's my spiel for industry folks. (laughs) Well, look, you just did my job because we would go into unsolicited advice, but that is great advice. <laughs> and I'm, I'm definitely here for it. Like I said, I'm in marketing. There's something about stock photos that just does not feel real. It doesn't connect. It doesn't feel humanized like, like real photography does. Um, I mean, there are some stock photos that are done in that lifestyle way, but a lot of them really aren't. So um, that, that's great advice. Plastic surgeon that was posting pictures of other people's work saying, come to me and you can get this same uh, mommy makeover. And, but he's, but they're posting somebody else's work. Right. How do I know I'm going to look like that when I get off your table? If you showing me what everybody else can do and you're just saying, I can do that same thing, then show me. Mm-hmm. Tell me. That's it. That's, That's it. Solicited advice. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Okay. So since we got that part out of the way, I guess we'll go ahead and move on to the wedding vendor love. So yes. I'm gonna have you go first, Jennifer. Um my so I have three. Okay. Uh, three ladies that I absolutely love. So chic events. She handles all of our floral. Um, when before pre-corona, we would give couples the option of choosing like their own backdrops and different things. She sets all of that stuff up. She is amazing. She can turn a garage into a sanctuary. Like she is the bomb. Um, and her name is Natasha, and she is great. Uh, white gown workroom. Ms. Deb is a Black-owned, and so is Natasha. She's a Black-owned bridal shop here in Dallas. And she is in such an upscale part of the city. And she is amazing. And she specializes in alterations. So she can turn 
anything into something else. You can bring her your mother's dress and she will take it from 1979 to 2020 like it was nothing. Mm. um, She is amazing. And my last one is Tammy. Tammy is the owner of Snag My Wedding. And what's so cool about this is you can literally resell your entire wedding on her platform. Hmm. So it's a consignment shop for brides. So you can buy all the things that you need for your wedding at a discounted price. And then you can sell all the things from your wedding at, um, to other brides. And she even has the ability for you to be able to pre-sale the things from your wedding. Um, So basically that as soon as your wedding is over, you know exactly who's getting that. So I think that's a great way for couples to save even more money. Mm -hmm. Whether that's the selling or the buying, you can sell your wedding dress there, your wedding shoes. I mean, you know, brides spend a thousand, we've had brides spend a thousand dollars on a pair of shoes they only wore for that one day. Um, And so instead of going to sites like Poshmark or any of these other companies, you can use Snag My Wedding. She's awesome. Mm, Good stuff. Yes. All right, Ashley, you're up next. All right. So. The vendor I'm going to shout out this week is actually not based in Georgia. Let's see. Where is she based? I New York. Um, her site is a love pink sugar shop or you go to her Instagram is pink sugar shop, sugar shop, a shop with two P's and an E at the end. Um, and she's like a blogger, influencer, content creator, but she creates those cute little like favors or little gifts that you throw in like your bridal shower bags or um, that you bring with you on your bachelorette. So like the little koozies, the little monogrammed um, wine flutes, you know, you know, all that cute little Etsy stuff. Like she does that, um, like the little, the little photos or not the photos, but like the little graphics like the sign for your bar or the sign for, you know, like uh, any like little paper signature stuff that you need on your actual day or like any of those days that lead up to it. So follow her. Um, again, her brand is Pink Sugar Shop and her name is Shanice Evans. So that's... Oh my gosh, the cutest stuff on here. It's very, very cute. Like, I love it. I love it when I see black folks do stuff like this. I am not crafty. I tell people all the time, I am creative, but I'm not crafty. Yes. Yes. That is me. <laughs> that is also me. <laughs> like, she got a cricket machine and all that. Like, uh, oh, right now. And she, listen, sis is on it. This is so cute. Like the little gummy bears, the little tea party ideas, the little like labels on over a Nutella jar, like very, very cute stuff. So um, anyway, like a so, final situation with a donut, like circuit cut out. I'm like, girl, who doing right. you are awesome. Right. Like who would have <laughs> thought, who would have thought? <laughs> Um, Tania, who's your vendor? <laughs> yes. So today, um, I have an event draping service. Uh, oh, oh nice. Yes. Um, you know, now that I'm looking at her Instagram, I'm not quite sure where she's based, but I think she's based out of Florida. 
her Instagram information is just by design, but she tailors one event at a time. When I'm looking at her, um, her IG page, it looks like she has definitely created or, um, or designed a list of events. And so from weddings to baby showers to, um, I guess like to engagement parties. And so, um, look her up on Instagram just by design. Um, and we'll have everyone's information on our website and also on our Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, Jennifer, where can people find you and learn more? Yes. So if you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Just Elope LLC. And our website is www.justelope.net. And on there, our phone number is listed. And believe it or not, about 50% of our weddings that we book all take place through text messaging. So you literally never have talked to me on the phone beforehand. Um, (laughs) We make it, we are very uh, tech friendly. So whether that's through email, whether that's through text, on the phone, through a Zoom call, after you book, then we can get you taken care of. Okay. Thank y'all for having Very nice. Yes. Thank you for coming on the yes. show. Um, real quick, those that are listening, if you listen on iTunes or if you have an Apple phone or just look, give us the ratings, the reviews, the comments. We need all that um, so we can gain more visibility. You know, we're, we're trying to do this for black folks, y'all. So help us out, especially while the momentum is going. Um, but Seriously, if you want to find us, uh, go to Who I Do Wed pretty much on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're also on LinkedIn as Who I Do. Um, or you could go to our website, whoido.com. Um, our blog is coming soon. We have a lot of good pieces of content, um, a lot of stuff we're doing. We are about to be more than a podcast. So if you are listening and you're rocking with us, please. Hopefully your seatbelts, because we got a lot coming um, that will be valuable to you and your good friends um, that are either getting married or are in the industry. So, um, but Jennifer, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show, talking with us about a little bit of everything. I mean, folks that come on our show know that our conversations can start one place and somewhere else, but they're always here for the ride anyway. So this was a great conversation. It really was. You gave us so much information and so many gems. So we definitely appreciate you. And I definitely just subscribe to your podcast and I'm leaving my review right now. Thank you. I encourage everybody. To- yes. This is awesome. This is great. Thank y'all so much. And please don't stop doing this. Um, this is very much needed. And even if it seems like, man, why aren't we getting the the traction that we want to get as as fast as anybody else? For for me as a podcast listener, it only takes one time for me to listen to one interview. And then I'm like, shoot, well, let me see what else they they got. And then before you know it, you you just listen in and you can't wait for something new to come. So keep that content coming because once you get them in, they're going to stay. Um, and so I just want to encourage you ladies to keep going because I think what you're doing is amazing. 
And I cannot wait to dive into all your past episodes. Thank you so Thank much you. for that. Yes, yes. Thank so, you. We, we, yeah, that was, that was well needed. Um, yes, yes. It definitely keeps us motivated because it's hard, you know, doing this every single week, you know? And mm-hmm. so, um, so yeah, so thank you so much for that. But um, we're going to let you go now. Have the rest of your evening with your, with all of your boys. And uh, thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. Have, have a great night. You as well. Bye.